we're kicking off a brand new series <clears throat> called Love Like Jesus. Love Like Jesus. I, I, I realized a while back, maybe, maybe a few years ago, that I, 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 like to, I like to like people. I like to love people. I like to, like to pour into people. I, I, I really do love people. And I thought, man, that was a good idea. I'm going to love people. And if you, Pastor Dustin was here a few weeks ago, and he goes, man, your pastor, he loves to, to, to love people. And I think sometimes if we're not careful, we can think that loving people is our, our, own, our own idea. That oh, I want to love people because I thought it was a good idea or because I'm an extrovert, so I'm going to love people. But it's in all reality today that Jesus has called you and I to love like him to love like Jesus, and, and I, I like to, to love people, but I don't want you to love people like me. I, I remember sitting in my, in my father-in-law's office, um, which was my boss uh, for, for eight years, and um, he's gonna get extra rewards in heaven for being my boss for eight years. And uh, I remember him saying to me, Wes, you have a problem. I said, yeah, what is it? I said, let's add it to the list. <laughs> we see every week at our church, everyone has a hurt, happen, or hang up. My list is long. Let's add some things too. And he goes, he goes, he goes you're a little bit... Uh, he goes, he goes, I know you love people, that's great. He goes, but when they don't go in your direction, you just kind of like, you just like to cut them in half, don't you? I'm like, yeah, I'm done with them. I'm just going to cut them in half. And I don't know if you remember saying, he goes, but you got to kind of, you got to ease up a little bit. He goes, just because they don't want to go in your direction doesn't mean that they're bad people. I'm like, oh no, they're bad people. They're bad people. They, I mean, because my direction, it's the right direction. And, and my way is, is the way, you know, it's, it's kind of like, I think there was a verse in the Bible about that, but I am the way, the truth, and the life. And that's my verse, pastor. Like, that's, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And he's like, no, 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 you got to ease up, you can't. And I, and I realized in, in 11, uh, 11, 12, 13 years of ministry, I realized I, I've, I've loved people well sometimes, but I've realized I've, I've also loved people bad, or didn't do a good job at, 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 loving, at loving people. And you would think I would learn that the week we launched the uh, in our launch phase of this church, we're almost two years. We're getting really excited about our two-year-old birthday. And Debbie goes, Wes, everyone's not going to follow you. Everyone's not going to want to be a part of all that you have going on. You know that, right? I'm like, yeah, I know that. Why would, but I'm not sure why they wouldn't. He goes, she goes, but they won't. Everyone's not going to want to go. And so I realized why I love people. I really want to love like Jesus. I, I don't want you to be like me. I don't want you to be like someone you know. You got some, a lot of you guys have some good role models, but hopefully there are role models that you have Hopefully they love like Jesus. And um, I know, here's what I realized. It's hard to love like Jesus. I, I, I realized that today. I, I know some of you are looking at me you're like, oh man, I was really excited about this series. But I got a feeling you're gonna ask us to do something that's uncomfortable. Because let's be honest, Pastor Wes or Wes, I don't even, I barely like people. <laughs> I barely like them, they barely like me. How in the world am I gonna love them if I don't even like them? And uh, you've heard married couples say this, I, you know, hon, do you like me? No, but I love you. Sometimes we have a hard time, we, we get those confused, we get loving and liking confused, or we'll love some people, but we won't like some people, and then we can begin to pick and choose, so if you would, for just for three or four weeks, if you would just go on this journey with me of what it looks like to actually love like Jesus, to when you're, when you're going out to the restaurant, to actually love those people the way Jesus loves those people, when you're at your job, when you're on the on the highway. I, I know a lot of times I get up here, when you talk for 35 minutes every single week to people, it's hard to practice everything that you preach. And uh, don't say that. Don't say yes. <laughs> so the other day I, I'm in my car and I, um, it's, been a, it's been a busy week. We went on a little three-day getaway with, with our family and we got back and got back into the grind of things. But uh, we had a game. We got back. We had a game, a basketball game Thursday night. And so we drove out all the way out to Avalon. We signed up to play basketball and I signed up to coach basketball. I thought this would be great. It's in our community. We love our community. But when the, old, the older the kids get, moms and dads, I didn't know this, they make you travel, take them places to go play these games. 
I'm like, I'm a good parent, but I'm not driving across town. You know what I'm saying? So I drive all the way across town. We got games in Apopka and Maitland and Winter Garden, and we're just all over the city. So we get back, and I get, ho- get home, and I get hope, make sure that everything's ready for her for a game. And we drive, get the kids in the car, and Diane says, we'll all go together. I'm like, yes, I love to all of us getting in the car together. <laughs> A nine-year-old, a six-year-old, and, and, and three-year-old twins, you don't really want to go anywhere with that many people, you know? And so um, as much as I love people, I just don't want to be in the car that far. You know, I'm like, we can go short distances, uh, but not that far. And she goes, we're all going to go there. And she's like, and then call the butlers. We're going to be right in their backyard. Let's, let's get ice cream with them. And so I, I, we go and we get ice cream with them. Uh, we were late, but we won our game. That's all that matters. And um, we go out the back way um, where Jessica and Eloy used to live. We went to Frog, and we go out the back way, and it's just far, so we go all the way out to 50, and, and I'm driving, and I, I got my blinker on. Nice guy, right? I got my blinker on, Pat. That's, that's a good thing, right? I got my blinker on. I'm ready to get over. But there's a car sitting right there. So I've got two options, either to hit the gas or just to be patient and slow down and let them go by me. And let's be honest, in my, my natural tendency is just to hit the gas, but it's hard to get a red minivan up and going, you know what I'm saying, when you got, when you got six people in there, you know? And so I'm like, I'm just going to take it easy. I'm going to let him get up. I'm going to let him go, and... I'm, I'm waiting and I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm slowing down. Like I gotta, get on the, I gotta get on the expressway and she's not coming yet. But eventually she gets there and I see, I see why she's going slow. I see why she's not paying attention to my blinker because she's, she's on her phone, right? And, and like I told you guys, like we, don't, we shouldn't honk at those people. We need to love those people, you know? And so, so I'm like, I didn't honk at her, no big deal. I'm like, she needs to get off her phone. I told her, she needs to get off her phone. So sure enough, I, I let her pass me. I get over nicely, I get onto the on-ramp, and I go, and I look up, and little Miss Honda, she needs to go the same way I need to go. So my natural tendency is to hit the gas and make sure she doesn't get on the on-ramp. I didn't do that, though, because I've come a long way. I, I just, naturally, she got in front of me, it was good, so we get on, the, we get on four weight, and we're going, and she gets on four and on four, and I'm like, so I, 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 get on, I get out of her way, I mean, she, gets out, she doesn't get out of my way, I had to get out of her way, and I get going, and I'm like, I need to let her know that Texting is wrong. I need to let her know that. I know, again, a little hypocritical, so I give her a little, little honk, honk, honk. I looked at her. She didn't even pay attention to me. She was on her phone. And Donnie goes, you can't honk your horn. I'm like, you do it all the time. <laughs> She's not here, so I can share that story. But it's hard sometimes to always love like Jesus would love. It's, it's, it's hard sometimes to like the way Jesus likes. So if we could, I, I want to open up our Bibles to Matthew chapter 9. I would like to look at a story of Jesus um, loving some people. And I want to give you, um, it's your lucky day, I'm actually going to give you two passages of Scripture today. Um, and part of this, typically when I, would, when I would teach this text, I would just try to give you guys three or four verses. But I want to give you some, some backstory. I think it's important for us to read two different paragraphs um, of this Matthew chapter 9. So we're going to go right into verse uh, number 1. And if you're visiting with us today, we're glad you're here today. Uh, one of my sons in the ministry, uh, Val, is back, and his wife, Kayla, and their two boys. And I told you guys, they left. But I, I looked, gave him a big hug today. I said, son, welcome home. It's always nice when the prodigal son comes back home. And so uh, he's finally back, and I, I'm glad he's here. And, and um, it's, it's weird. I forget things sometimes. Uh, the guys today are like, you forget a lot of stuff. I'm like, yeah, I do. So he walked in. He's like, and I, I've, already, I've already signed him up for stuff here at the church. <laughs> I've already signed him up. And... Uh, and the people are like, hey, uh, you, I think you forgot to tell Val he's teaching that class. I'm like, yeah, he'll be fine. Don't worry about it. I'll, just tell, I'll tell him later, you know. And I tried to have him over for dinner so I could tell him, but he didn't come. So anyway, I signed him up. So here we go. Matthew chapter 9. Uh, we're glad you're here today. That's all that story to tell you this. We're glad you're here today. Matthew chapter 9, verse 1. Jesus climbed into a boat 
He went back across to the lake to his own town. I want you to know this today. This is kind of how I preach a little bit. I read a verse and I talk. I read a verse and I talk. And the problem with that is I could talk about every verse. Just want you to know about this verse right here, verse one. God's going somewhere, okay? I think when Jesus is doing something, I feel like when you read Jesus', Jesus life, he's always going somewhere. He's always doing something. He's always, he's, he's got a plan for his life so much more. He also has a plan for your and my life. So he's going somewhere. He's in a boat. He's going some people brought to him a paralyzed man on a mat. Mind you, he's going somewhere. Someone comes and stops him. Someone inconveniences him. Seeing these guys' faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, be encouraged, my child. Your sins are forgiven. Awesome. In- incredible. You and I would think that. But some of the teachers of the religious law said to themselves, that's blasphemy. Does he think he's God? I wish I could have been around whenever that question got asked. I'd be like, yes. Duh. Verse 4. Jesus knew what they were thinking. So he said, hey guys, I know what you're thinking because <laughs> I'm Jesus. <laughs> um, why do you have such evil thoughts in your hearts? Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? So I'll prove to you that the son of man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man. He said, son, sir, stand up, pick up your mat and go home. There's, uh, there's a whole, so much there in that little part right there about these religious leaders and these, these church people saying, hey, you're not supposed to do that. Hey, you're not, supposed to, you're, you're not supposed to do that the way you just did that. And you really can't tell Jesus what to do. That's kind of a, a bad idea, but we do it all the time. Jesus, I got a better plan. Watch this, Jesus. Watch this plan I got. You're gonna love it. And they're like, Jesus, you, you can't do this. And so he says to the guy, stand up and walk. It really doesn't matter how I say it. The point is this, his life's just been changed. His life is just, he, he just, he just got a, he just found out who his author was, who his maker was, his hiding place was. He found out where his future was. He just found out all those things. He just found out where the giver of the treasure, that song, that's what I was going to say to you. That song says, uh, treasure for the traitor. You and I are the traitors and Jesus said, I got a plan for you. I'm going to give you a treasure, even though you're a traitor. He says, I got, I got something for this guy. And he changes his life just like that. So the very next verse, I want want to read the very next part of this this text. This is where I want to spend most of our time at today. Verse 9. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Matthew got up and he followed him. He basically says the same exact thing that he says to the other guy, but a little bit different. He says, hey, man, your sins are forgiven. Come on. Or he said to the other guy, hey, you're, you're no longer going to be paralyzed. And, and he, we go from paralyzed here to a paralyzed man um, to a man here who has another problem, another issue. He's a tax collector. This guy's a professional crook. That's his job. His job is to, is to go to Rhiannon and say, hey, your taxes are, go to Caesar and say, your, her tax are $2. Hey, your taxes are $4. He would take the $4, he would give two to Caesar, and he would put two in his pocket. Or he'd go to the next guy, Elliot, hey, but I, your taxes are $10. I need, I, need, I need you to give me 30. And he'd come back and pay the, the Caesar 10 and he would take the other 20. And I can't go any higher because my math doesn't get, I gotta stay with the simple math. But he says, hey, I got a little bit, I want you to, and this guy was, his, his job was to steal from people. That was his job. Talk about one of the worst people ever. Does it drive you nuts when you see people steal stuff? I remember when I was in college one time, or not in college, just a few years ago, I, we used to live out by UCF and I watched this young punk college kid the older you get, you can call him young and punk, you know? But I'm like, I saw this young punk college kid, instead of going and getting some to-go sauces, he literally took all the sauces at Four Rivers, which if you steal from Four Rivers, that's just a bad thing. Um, but he stole the bar, he just took the whole entire jars of the sauce, picked it up, 
and walked out and got in his car and left. I hate that. This guy's job was to steal. That was, that was his only job was to steal from people and to give siege a little bit and keep the rest. He was shaving some off the top for himself. Jesus said to him, come follow me. I'm gonna change your life forever. Verse 10, later Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as a dinner guest, along with many tax collectors and other dis- disreputable sinners. Catch this, tax collector. And if you're a tax collector in here today, I'm not dogging you, all right? I'm just reading the Bible. Don't be mad at me. He says here, I, come to my house. Least likely place for P- Jesus to be, a tax collector's house. Where do you find him at? A tax collector's house. With other tax collectors, not just tax collectors, but other people with a bad reputation. Like, so in case you didn't know that tax collectors was a bad reputation, this guy here has got some people that have other bad reputations. And it strikes you and I, sometimes it's weird for you and I because we come to church to get Jesus. But when we read the Bible, we see Jesus in places that you and I probably would be like, ah, why would you be there, Jesus? You, you, you shouldn't be healing him. Are you God? You shouldn't be healing him. Are you, should you be in a house where there's sinners at? Should you be in a place where people have bad testimonies or bad character or that lie and that cheat and that steal? Should you really, Jesus, should you, should you be in a place like that? So he shows up there. The Bible says in verse 11, but when the Pharisees saw this, the Pharisees are always around when Jesus does something good. They asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with such scum? And you know, that if you're the disciple in here today, you're like, I'm not sure. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. If I'm a disciple, I'm like, I don't get it. He told us to love Jesus, to love people, but he goes to some raunchy places. Or your other option is to be like, well, he's Jesus. He ain't gonna sin. He ain't gonna do anything wrong. He's never been drunk. He's never said anything bad he shouldn't have said. He's never looked at it. He never looked at something he shouldn't look at. I mean, this guy, he has, this guy is reputable. A reputable of all reputable person with a bunch of people who are disreputable. A testimony that's squeaky clean with a bunch of people that are super, super, super messy. We find him a lot there. The Pharisees are saying, why is he there? When Jesus heard this, he said this. Healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. Healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. Then he added, now go and learn the meaning of the scripture. (laughs) I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices, for I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know that they are sinners. Jesus came to love like no one else, to to show us a love that no one else has ever seen before. To, To do some things that, never ever had been done before. I mean, all these guys that were Pharisees and rulers of the day, their, their goal was to stay away from all the, all the raunchy people. But even if they didn't stay away from the raunchy people, they would hide, they would do it at least sneakily, or they would do it on the down low. I know you're getting ready to teach. That wasn't a word, I get it, I know. But that's how they would act. They were, they were professional fakes, professional professional um, people that would try to get around and how to break the laws and how to find the right way and how to, how to toe the line and how to make up some rules. And, and then they were also on top of that, these people were the people that they would be the guys that, hey, you are a sinner, you're a sinner, you're not too bad, you're a sinner, not compared to Jesus, but compared to themselves. And if we're honest in here today, we can spend, I, I spend a lot of my time being that guy. 
I got a text last, uh, last night, uh, Val, from Miss um, Mary, who was uh, the sec- one of the secretaries at the church that we came from. And, and, and every year, um, they would make the youth pastor, which was me. They'd make, they'd make me or call anything. I don't know, it was just me. I don't, I don't really know if it was youth pastor because I did it like for eight years. But they would make me paint and cover the whole entire campus to get ready for this school, opening of school day. And, and one day, in one summer, it was, it was me and Val. And I loved it, because I was trying to get Val ready for Kayla. Um, I, I was one of my first arranged marriages. And um, so far, I'm 100%, don't mess it up. And, um, and I, I, I remember, we had, and, and basically Val and I had talked the whole entire summer. He was trying to teach me reformed theology, uh, Tom. That's what he was trying to convince me of. He was trying to convert me. That's what he's trying to do. And that means nothing to, any, to most of us in here today, and it's fine. But he was trying to teach me his way of, of, way of, of his way. And the way that he learned the Bible and the way he said about it. And so we're having this whole conversation. So we're mopping, this, we're painting, and we're painting, and we're painting, and we're painting, and we're painting. And it got down to the very end of it. And I said, Val, I said, no matter what you and I both believe, no matter what, I've I'm, I'm been trying to figure out something to say to this kid. I mean, we've been painting for a week. It took us way too long, but we were painting. And when he couldn't be there, I would paint with, with, with sermons, and he'd give me sermons to listen to. And so I was studying. So when he would get there, I would have an answer. I'd be ready to go for this guy, this young punk punk college kid. And, um, and I said, uh, I said, Val, no matter what, what we believe, this book, no matter how you translate it, no matter how, it better cause you and I to love God more and to love people more. That's where we're going to end at. And so some of the stuff in here that you could take and say, well, I believe this about this. I believe this about this. It ought, this book ought to cause you and I to love God more to know more about our creator and our author and our finisher, the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end. We ought to learn everything we can about, about this God that we sing about, that we're talking about today. We ought to learn to do that. And it ought to cause us, that love relationship, that, that relationship ought to cause us to go out this way and to love people more. And I want for us to be a community so bad, to be a community that we just love people so dang well. We just, we just, we just love like Jesus. So much that I'm sitting there, I go meet with a friend of mine and say, hey, I'm trying to figure out this vision for our church and I'm trying to shape it the right way. I'm trying to think about what I would want, what I would want this church to be. And you've seen this all over our stuff. I, I met a couple from Philadelphia today. They said, yeah, well, are you, we saw it, we were on your website. And, and, and by the way, most people visit our website before they even visit this place or they visit our Instagram or they visit, some people are just trying to find us on MySpace still. And people find us on social media before they ever come and visit our church. Or they, they watch our church by watching you, their neighbor, before they ever come and visit their church, your church. And they want to see that. And so we came up with this phrase that is really from Scripture, but we exist to love all people at all times in all places. And if you're ever wondering where we got that from, we got that from the Bible. We got that from God's holy word. And so if you're going to love like Jesus, you're going to look at Jesus' life and see how he loved. And here's what I believe. Number one, Jesus loves all people. He loves everybody. You're like, Wes, the worst sinners, the Matthews of this world. It's okay that your name's Matthew. It's a different Matthew. He loves the Matthews of this world. He loves all of them. He loves all the tax collectors. He loves all the sick people. He loves all the screwed up people. We were on serve day a few weeks ago and, 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 and Pastor... Um, that runs Matthew's Hope was telling us, oh, this lady here that panhandles, she, she's a little bit off a little bit. And, 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 and he said she's off uh, mentally, but she has these kids that, that want to help her, that want to that pour into her. But she's just a little bit too off to actually want their help. But Jesus loves all people. 
He says, and we've committed, this organization is committed to loving all the people that come here. It doesn't matter how screwed up they are, no matter how messed up they are, we need to love all people because Jesus loves all people. You wanna know why Jesus loved all people? Because Jesus knew that all people needed to be loved. It wasn't specific people that needed to be loved. Jesus knew that everyone in the world needed to be loved. The paralyzed man, he was dying for someone to love him. The depressed, the anxiety-filled, the OCD-filled, the, the obsessive, you, you name it, you, whatever disease you have, whatever dysfunction you have, whatever disorder, whatever you got, Jesus loves you today. He wants you to, he loves you, and he wants you and I to love people the way he loves us. Jesus loves all people, all of us. I, I believe this, oftentimes Jesus is asking us to love people who are nothing like us. You're like, Wes, well, I can't do that. Well, then we can't be like Jesus. <laughs> we can't be like, we, can't, we just can't be like him. If we can't love all people, then we can't, we can't be like Jesus. And the goal for our life is not to be a good Christian. The goal for our life is we wanna be, we wanna, we wanna be like Jesus. We wanna be, in the early days, they'd walk up to each other and they would draw that Christian fish. They were basically saying, hey, I'm, I'm a little Christ. God wants you and I to love the way he loves. He loves all people. You remember that song, Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world, red and yellow, black and white. They are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the children of the world. That was my audition, Diana, for the praise team. We're called to love all people. And I'm not here today to tell you that's easy. I know it's hard. Oh, it's easy for you, Wes. I'm not good at, I'm, I realize, the, the, the older I get into it, it's sometimes I, my, my default mode is to love people that are like me, to want to hang out with people who are like me. Diana's better at this than I am. I, I know you see like, oh, Wes is the relational junkies out there talking to people, but man, you, you want to find out how well you love people, go to Detroit and you see who the people that are, get in there and, and that dive in with the people that look like, nothing like you, talking like you and, and Diana and Hope were, were in that. Some of our team, they were in that. I was trying to figure out I was like trying to get tasked to go do tasks, to stay away from the people. Because sometimes I wanna just love people that are like me. Jesus calls us to love all people. Here's the second thing I want you to know. Jesus loves this paralyzed man, but he also loves this tax collector, this businessman. And we see him love Mary and Martha, some of his, some of his people that are close to him, but he also see that he, he loves this other lady who has these other kind of issues. And, and he loves all people from, 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 from good to bad, from, from poor to, to presidents. I mean, you name the thing. He loves everyone from A to B, everything in between, A to Z. Here's the second thing. Jesus loves all people. Here's the second thing. Jesus loves all the time. Jesus loves all the time. Jesus is always going somewhere, but he never is too busy to stop loving people. You've noticed that? He's never too busy for that. He's always like, oh, yeah, I'm good. I'm free. Let me see what time it is. Yeah, I'm free. I'm available. Josh, I went out to eat with Josh this week. He's a brand new guy at our church. He goes, man, I'm so glad you went out and had, had a dinner with me. I said, oh, cool. Not this Josh, a different Josh. I said, why is that abnormal? He goes, because ah, when I got here, I tried to get a bunch of pastors. To just to, I wanted to kind of talk with them, kind of see about the church. And I wanted to be face-to-face be -face with the pastor and shake his hand and be able to sit down and have a meal with them. And he's like, he said, most pastors never even call me back. He says, I'm glad you took the time out. We've got to take the time out to love people. And by the way, love sometimes is spelled T-I-M-E. We have to love people. And that's gonna take time. It's gonna be inconvenient. But you know what I know? I was inconvenient for Dave Janney, and I was inconvenient for Ed Trinkle, and I was inconvenient for Craig Kilnan. But all those guys said, I'm gonna love them no matter what. They made time for me. And I'm glad they made time for me. I was inconvenient. I'm telling you that now, so one day if I tell you you're inconvenient, you'll be able to say, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I know I'm inconvenient. I, I, I know I am. 
but Jesus made time to love people. I wrote down this in my notes and you can write down if you want. We don't get a vacation from loving people. We don't get a vacation from loving people. Jesus reached this paralyzed man. He keeps on going wherever he was going. Maybe he was going to see Matthew. And when we read the scripture here, we see that he heals Matthew. Then he stops and have a teaching moment. And then he goes to the next guy and he heals him. And then there's another guy in this chapter nine. There's a blind person. I mean, he just keeps on doing this thing. Oh, he keeps on loving people repetitively. He doesn't stop. And by the way, today, he's still loving people in this room here today. The Matthews, the yous, the me's, he's loving us. The paralyzed guy, that's you and I in the story. The Matthew, the, the blind guy, the girl that was, that was sick and her dad was the, 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 this big time money politician politic guy and um, just a big name in, in the city in the hierarchy of the city said hey I need you to heal my heal my daughter and Jesus was on her way to heal her daughter and another lady came and she grabbed his clothes and Jesus healed her and he's like are you good cool all right and I kept walking he was going to heal the person and he was late for an appointment which sometimes Jesus is a little bit late you and I think he's late but to Jesus he's not late he doesn't get there he goes hey just let her know she's sleeping she's good to go I'll be there in a minute and I'll wake her up and she's healed and we see Jesus loving all the time we see him loving all the people. Um, I wanna say this to you guys too also. Um, you know that phrase, it takes one to know one? It takes one to know one. Have you heard that before? Just, if you haven't, just shake your head and just go with it. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 all the time. It takes one to know one. If you have a, a, a a link or a weak link in, in, your, in your spot in your life or you have a spot in your life where you feel like, man, I'm weak there. Sometimes you need to find someone who's like you that has that same problem. Now here's what we, our natural tendency to do is to get to that person and then both sulk. Both, both, um, both have a pity party together. Sometimes it's natural to do that. But sometimes I think, you can go and say, hey, listen, we both have the same problem. Why don't we both grow up together? Why don't we both, why don't we both heal together? Why don't we both, why don't we both progress together? Why don't we both get better in this area? And why don't we, why don't we go further together? Because we're actually better together. We're about to launch community groups in, in, just, in just a few weeks and we're super excited about it and, and the groups are adding and, and we're, we're really excited about that. That's really an understatement. We love getting people in groups and homes to talk about Jesus and to break bread together. We're gonna explain all that in the, in the days ahead. If you're new, you wanna get in and it's just gonna be awesome. But I just believe that sometimes we gotta find some people who are like us that have been our story and we gotta help bring them along. Help take them on the journey with us. So for me, I was a pastor um, at Orlando Baptist Church and I got to a place in my job where I was like, it was kind of, it was kind of working the place to work and it was kind of tracking the way it's supposed to track. And I was like, I'm gonna go find some other pastors because this is hard. Being a pastor is hard, just like everything else is hard, but it's kind of a lonely thing. And I, what I've realized this about ministry, not only is it lonely, but I realized leadership is lonely. So whether you're an entrepreneur or a business owner or whatever, I realized the higher, the, the higher you go, or the, the more you're gonna do for God, the more you're gonna, whatever it is, if you're gonna be in leadership, it's gonna be, it's gonna be it's, you're gonna be lonely there. People don't, if you're an entrepreneur, other people, if they're not an entrepreneur, they don't really get it. They don't really understand. But business owners, we just, we, we kind of like struggle together. We, we think the same way. And so we kind of in this process together and, 
So I saw this guy that was kind of limping along. I was a pastor and I was doing okay. And he was kind of limping along. And, but he, him and I had the same profession. Like, I'm gonna go help him. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go put, I'm gonna go wrap arms with this guy up. I'm gonna help this guy. So I went, you know what I did every time I was with him? I just listened. That's all I had to do. Because he talked more than I did. I know you can't imagine that. But I listened. And it was always breakfast, and then you know we had breakfast at Cracker Barrel one day, and that led to the outside rocking chairs, and we sat there, and I listened to him talk and talk and talk and talk. And it was therapeutic for him, and but it was healing for me because I had some struggles in my own thing that I didn't know I had, but he helped reveal those things to me by me going to help him. He actually helped me. And I was so thankful because I believe this. Without his help in some of these areas, I just wouldn't be as far as long as I am today. And I don't want you to think I've arrived. I'm like the Apostle Paul. I'm not there yet. Like, I don't think I would, I don't think I would have started this church if I wouldn't have went and helped that guy. Because the things that he shared with me that were they were just they were mind-boggling that I that I needed to hear. It helped turn some things inside me that I needed turned over. Does that make sense? I need some things turned over my life for him to say, hey, bud, look underneath that rock. Yeah, you've got a, right there. Yeah, there's a, you got an issue right there. You know, there's a, there's a reason why we have rear view mirrors. So every once in a while we can make sure nothing's coming behind us to, to blindside. He's like, hey, let's look in the rear view mirror. You got a couple things back there that you need to, you need to just check, just, just check them. And then so you can go forward. And, and he helped me with that. And so I'm thankful for that, forever thankful for that. And I just think some of you guys in here today, I, sometimes I, I, I start pairing people up relationally. <laughs> you play that game when you're a kid, match the match game. I'm like, man, they'd be great with them. 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 And she'd be great with her. And she'd be great with her. And she'd be great with her. And, and I realized sometimes that doesn't work. You want to know why it doesn't work when I start doing that? Because some people think they should be reaching out to me. They should be loving me. They should, they should be coming up to me. They, they need to come love me. And um, I just want us to be a church. I don't know if I'm unpacking this the right way, but if you think someone should come up to you and you're waiting for someone to come to you to love you, you're waiting for someone to come and pour, pour into you and you're waiting for someone to come and, and you're waiting, waiting for you, waiting, do yourself a favor, freebie. Why don't you go to them? Why don't you go to them and say, Man, we need to hang out. Or, hey, we're, we're actually kind of similar. We're similar screwed up together. <laughs> we need to, why don't you and I try to connect up? And, I mean, I know, what you're, I know what you're going through. Let me pour into you. Let me, let me, love, let me, love, let me love you. Let me pour into you. Let me, let me, let me see, what, what can I do for you? And you'll be surprised, because I think Jesus, a lot of times, he, he just does us. He just constantly, just all the time, he's always pouring into us, always pouring into us. Why don't we take the love that God's pouring into us? Why don't we go find someone else and pour into them? That's not in the notes. Here's the third thing. Jesus loves in all places. He loves in all places. The least likely place for Jesus to have been would be a tax collector's house. It was a tax collector's, tax collector's house. Um, I, uh, I, I started, I was talking to a guy recently. He said, I saw you post in at this CrossFit gym. He goes, 
that's the least likely place I would expect a pastor to be at, is in a CrossFit gym. I was telling the owner, I work out where we work out, and the family right here works out there, and their daughter, and um, Clay and Pia. We don't, I haven't been there in three weeks, but I'm back now. But, but I was, I work out, um, the owner of Chick-fil-A works out in there with us. That was the first time I saw him, I'm like, hey bud, we're running. And I talk to everybody when we run. Hey bud, how are you? How's Chick-fil-A going? Can I get a free coupon? You know, that's kind of how I roll, you know? I'm quick, why waste time, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, hey Sage, how are you? He's like, hey, what's up, man? And at the very end, we, we were just talking. And he said, I, he was saying, how long have you been here? I said, oh, I've been, I've been coming here since it opened. I help, I help bring all this stuff in day one. And, I was talking to this guy, he's like, man, I can't believe, because the least, like, least likely place I'd expect a pastor to be, I was telling Sid, I said, man, the music in here is just not what I would, it's not what I play on the radio, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, you know, sometimes my ears start to bleed a little bit with some of the stuff, and I'm like, ah. He said, it's the least likely. I wanna be the guy. I want you to be the girl, the guy, the girl, that will go into the places that maybe you least like, you're probably least likely expected to be there. You're like, oh, Wes, that's, you're pushing it. Can you give me a list of places to go to and not to go to? You don't need a list. You don't need a, go, you don't need a list. I want us to be a place where we, we'll go, we'll love it. It doesn't matter what places, we're gonna love people where we're at. It may be your neighbor. It may be the grocery store. It may be at your gym. Like, oh, I come to work out, Wes. I, well, maybe that you just need to hide the person next to you and just wave at them. And then, um, this is, this is, I could be done. There's a whole lot more, but you know, we got four weeks of this. What, some of, here's a reason why some people have a t hard time at loving people. It's because we have a hard time with God loving us. So I wrote down this, I need to get good at letting Jesus love me so I can get good at loving other people. And you, you might wanna take a picture of that, write it down, whatever you need to do, but it's hard. If I think sometimes it's hard for us to love people because we're not even okay with God loving us. You gotta get good and I gotta get good at letting God love me. I don't deserve God's love. Hey, none of us do. I'm a bad person. Hey, we all are. Wes, I don't do all the right things. Hey, all the time. Hey, none of us do. Hey, Wes, I have our time. If we could get good at letting God love us, we'll get really good at loving other people. I promise you. I don't deserve God's love. We don't, none of us do. That's why this is a great, this is a safe and encouraging place because everyone in this room here today, same playing ground. Everyone puts their pants on the same exact way. My dad has told my whole entire life, unless they wear skinny jeans, it's a little bit of a different process. But the point is this, we all are the same people. We're all sinners all across the board. Same, we're all the same exact plane. And because we were all sinners, God knew that he loved us so much. He dumped his love on us. He lavished his love all over us. He loved you. You were the all people until he got you. And some of you guys, it was all time. It took God a long time to pull you into his love, but he kept on pursuing you and pursuing you and pursuing you. And he pursued you until he got you. All the time. He, some of you guys went to some places to some places you shouldn't have went to. It's like my friend of mine, she goes, I was this season in my life where I went to a dark place. Jesus went into the dark places with you. When you were there in dark places, you felt I was all alone. Hey, there was someone else there with you. As creepy as that sound, his name is Jesus. He was there and he was ready for you to pull you out of that dark space. He did that for you and for me. We gotta get okay with Jesus loving us so we can get okay with loving other people.
all the time God loved you. Jesus went to all the places that you went to, just saying, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm still here. I'm still here, I'm pursuing you, I love you, I'm pursuing you, I love you, I'm pursuing you. And when the moment you're ready to respond to that, and, and you said, me, Jesus, he goes, yes, even you, I love you. I love you. I'm madly in love with you. And I think this, loving people leads to inviting people. Loving people, it leads to inviting people. Every week when you, when you come into this space, you, you get a, a worship guide. Most of you don't because you're regulars. But if you're new, you get a, a, a worship guide or maybe you grab one. But in these, in, these, in these seats or in these worship guides that we give out, there are three of these things that are, that are always um, pinned to these, these papers, these, things, these worship guides. And, and it said, this could change your life forever. And that sounds, maybe it sounds churchy or whatever it sounds like to you, but here's what I know. This little card has led a lot of people into this space. A lot, a lot, and we just believe this. Can a car change someone's life? Absolutely not, but Jesus can. Jesus can change someone's life. When we begin loving people, it's just sometimes just easy to say, hey, I wanna invite you to this church I go to. It's a bunch of regular people trying to, trying to do some things for God. We wanna invite you to come into that space with us. You're welcome. No matter what you look like, no matter what you smell like, what you're wearing is perfect. Just come on in. We just want you, where, wherever you've been at, it's okay. Just, just come on. We want, you're, you're welcomed here. You're invited. Come on in. I'm going to invite you to bow your head and close your eyes.